You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is Episode 7, Raz the Diva. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Roz Mays, a.k.a. Roz the Diva. Roz is a New York City-based pole instructor and fitness trainer specializing in exercise virgins and plus-sized women. During our interview, we talk about her wild ride as a pole dancer over the past nine years, including the media blitz that arose after, on America's Got Talent, Howard Stern told her she was, quote, too fat to have a career in fitness, Uh, We also talk about her experience losing multiple jobs for being a pole dancer and the inspiration behind launching Dangerous Curves, the world's first plus-size pole competition, amongst many other things. And just to keep it real, I was suffering from some major allergies during the interview, so I apologize for any coughs I wasn't able to edit out and thank Roz for being so cool when we had to pause and re-record multiple times. And finally, don't forget to head over to the blog at poleparlor.com where you'll find Roz's post-podcast interview, where she shares her favorite photos, music, pole dance, video, and more. So now, let's bring on Roz. I'm back. I'm popular the man. Welcome, Roz, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing out there? Woo! Cheers! (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's doing really well. (laughs) How are you doing? (laughs) It's just all like "Ah, everyone's on there listening right now. (laughs) It's okay. Those were future cheers, and everyone's really excited to have you. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. So, okay, so. Roz, let's jump on in. How long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? Yeah, so I have been pole dancing since October 2007, which is, I right, that's OG in pole status at this point, eight and a half years. Yes. And of those eight and a half, I've been teaching for about five. And I started doing pole because it looked like it was going to be a fun class based on the title. <laughs> and it was at Crunch, which is a chain of gyms. Um, that's in like New York and LA and Miami and a few other places. And the first class was disaster upon disaster upon disaster, just like everybody else. I was a hot ass mess. (laughs) I was doing, couldn't stay on beat, but it was also the best thing I'd ever done at the gym. And for me, it was, it was love at first sight. So they just introduced it. They had it there as just a uh, just one of the gym class. Like you could take uh, exactly. a step aerobics, or you could take pole dance. Oh, that's really great that they do that. Absolutely, yeah. So when I also I happened to just get lucky that um, right before I started, there was a really like strong core group of dancers who had also started. And you know, at that time, it was instructors trying to figure out a move so they could figure out to teach it to their, you know, before, yeah. before that was the norm and before everybody, you know, before Instagram yeah. and, you know, we're all just like, oh, I think this looks all right. Let's try it. 
Yeah, did you like immediately go over to YouTube and things like that trying to find things? Because that's such a that's such a you, true thing. In 2007, how did you even know? <laughs> yeah, well, there was certainly, you know, so the crunch wasn't the first place to do pole dancing, but it was, uh, for me, I it was the first place that I learned about it from. And I... I can't remember when my obsession really started. I think um, I, I watched videos early on. Um, like Alethea Austin was my first pole crush. Was like, my lord, this woman has no spine. I, know. I think she's it? everyone's first pole crush. <laughs> yeah. You know, then, of course, Felix King, who I will always regard as the Michael Jordan of pole dancing. You know, those were like the two really big names that stuck out to me at the time. Oh, great. Yeah. And that's, and so after two and a half years, you started teaching. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it was actually, I think it was closer to three years. You know, after year four, everything just kind of blends (laughs) together in one gigantic pole memory. So, um, so yeah, I've been teaching for the last five years and I have, I've loved teaching more than I loved any other aspect of the sport. Wow. Okay, yeah, because you've done so much um, within pole, um, which we're going to start touching on. First thing, we'll talk about your teaching and your classes a bit further on in the show, but how I first discovered you is I found you online because you had um, tried out for America's Got Talent. Yeah. uh Can you tell us about that experience? When was that? Sure, so that was... Literally a year ago, oh, really? <laughs> it was the it was the first. Well, that's when we filmed everything. Okay. So America's Got Talent stuff. It started in technically December of 2014, and I was scouted online from Facebook by a producer, and they wrote to me like, "Oh, you should come do the show," and I was like, "Ha ha, no." <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I didn't care about the show, and you know, I had I, I knew about it, of course, but I hadn't put that much effort or anything else into it. It wasn't I was a like, dream yeah, of yours. <laughs> yeah, no, not even close. <laughs> and then, you know, they followed up and they're like, we need a video. We want to see us. I was like, all right, fine. Just take this. And I, I couldn't believe it, but they're like, so we want you to perform in front of the celebrity judges. And I was like, jiggle what? <laughs> and so I suddenly found myself in front of an audience of well over a thousand people in Newark, New Jersey in March of 2015. And I had done my 90 minutes on stage or 90 seconds. Jesus. Can you imagine 90 minutes of pole dancing? I die. (laughs) There aren't no body rolls in the world (laughs) to survive. So uh, anywho, so um, I did my 90 seconds on stage and um, I didn't make it to the next round. And I didn't think that I would, because at that point, you know, pole dancing and even pole dancing for plus size. Um, I'm not the first person to do it. It's not a new concept. I just want to get on TV, quite frankly. And curious about the experience. Like, wow, they're, it's not like you were putting in all this effort. They were they were scouting you. So, hey, why not see, see why the universe did that? Exactly, exactly. I mean, it was definitely, you know, the, the stage is enormous. Is it? And, oh, yes, it is. It is enormous. It is so high. There are more lights. There are more cameras. There are more people running around than you could ever imagine. And I mean, I don't even know. I have to give so much credit to 
all of the production assistants and to the assistant um, to the assistant producers because how they keep everything coordinated, I just I don't even know. I, I feel like sometimes there was just as many cast, uh, just as many crew members as there were on the cast. Big budgets. Oh my. Eesh. Bunch yeah. of days. <laughs> and so you felt like you nailed your routine. You were happy with your performance. Yeah, definitely. I was like, just please hold the Superman. Please let it be <laughs> angled correctly. Please let it be an angled correctly Superman. <laughs> so I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then, um, and who were the judges? Who were the judges on this show? It's Sure. So there was uh, Howie Mandel, uh, Scary Spice. Heidi Klum and then Howard Stern. And uh, funny enough, actually, some of the first feedback that I heard from the judges after I did my poll shabanga bang, um, Howard Stern told me that I was too fat to be in fitness and didn't understand why anybody would hire me and that I wouldn't make any money in this industry. And I basically should have gone back to my old job. At that point, which I couldn't go back to my old job because I got fired from my old job for pole dancing. But <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it actually happened a few times. So we'll, we'll go back to that. But <laughs> more about yes, because I I guess that's and that's kind of the controversy that I first discovered the whole situation because I, I hate Howard Stern. I know people love him, but I just think he's an awful human being. But I mean, I get it. He also says things to cause drama. He knows what he's doing. But um, and because of that statement, you went on to defend yourself on some some television programs, right? You know, what was so wild about that whole thing is at this point, I had been polling for so long and I and that's not the first time I'd heard that. And I expected to hear that. So for me, when I heard, I was like, this is par for the course. Yeah. And, you know, of course, everybody else, it sounds super shocking. And I left the stage crying, but I left the stage crying, not because I was upset, but because I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I made it here. This is amazing. Like, you know, that moment yes. when something hits Surreal. you, like, yes. So I, I walked backstage crying and everyone like stopped and they were signed. They're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me. And they're like, so, okay, these are good tears. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you know, and of course, you know, when people, when I'm recalling this story and, you know, saying what Howard Stern said, it's shocking to other people. And quite frankly, it makes for really good headlines to click and for people to learn about me and for journalists to get their readership up. Um, But I personally, I mean, I've, I wasn't offended by it. I mean, I don't really care that much. It just, it sounds a lot more salacious than it actually felt. Really? Um, You're so, uh, yeah. I had actually actually hoped that that part was aired on TV because I just knew I was like, I'm going to hit the TV circuit, the talk show circuit. Everybody's going to have me on. It's going to be great. Like, (laughs) and (laughs) so. Uh, No publicity is bad publicity. Yeah, exactly. So I, quite frankly, I have to thank Howard Stern because had he not said, you know, those things, which a lot of people thought were super negative, there's a lot of people who wouldn't have given a hoot about me right now. So I'm fine with it. Good. Oh, that's such a great attitude about it. And it's true. Who cares with that? It's a hustler's attitude about it. It is. You are. That is you. It is called get attention 
by any means possible without like breaking the law. Well, yeah, that's what that is. Because you have such a positive message and you have such a positive story to share. And it's, it's not like you're doing it from like a Kardashian perspective or something like that. But sure, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, I want to reach people because I want to train with people and I want people to see me and, and, and see what I'm able to accomplish and things like that. So no, actually, this is another wild part is, People, they look at me like, thank you for being like the beacon of hope for us. And you're such a good activist. I don't kind of care about activism <laughs> or anything. I literally want clients so I can make money and pay my rent. <laughs> like that is sincerely my number one drive for all of this. I mean, yes, of course, like I'll take, I'm certainly happy and I'm very proud and ridiculously humbled by the fact that people look up to me as a role model and that they have permission to do things that they didn't think they could or that they were allowed to now. But that's not, I'm not going out and doing these things with the intent of being like a size activist. I'm doing it to get clients to make revenue so I can pay rent in your city. <laughs> Which is a tough thing to do, and oh, yeah, Jesus. but who, <laughs> but who doesn't want to train with someone, and who doesn't want to hire someone who's living that life, you know? So even though it's not your direct intention, it's it is ultimately helping you achieve that goal. Yes, you're living I mean, the I, life, not just I'm, preaching I'm it. I'm trying, I'm trying, man. I try and keep it as extra real as I humanly can between Instagram and Facebook posts. And the last thing I want to do is have be another social media face that is perfectly filtered all the time and their makeup is done and their clothes fit perfectly and everything just makes sense, you know, cause that's, that's not me. And I don't think that that is, especially for people who are looking to get into the fitness industry, um, particularly if you are not, what people would expect an athlete to look like. Mm -hmm. Like this is the reality of it. And I think that's so important to show people, you know, when I'm on a whirlwind 22 hour trip to DC, like I did on Sunday, or, you know, I'm building my own website at three o'clock in the morning. And I was literally last night, um, I shut my computer down about 345 as I finished mm -hmm. my newsletter that went out today. So, you know, I, I feel like that is, that's so important and it's not always highlighted. People see the highlight reel, but this is, this is my highlight reel. You're a hustler. That's for sure. Uh, somebody's gotta be damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, now, so fitness training, coaching, that's, that's your that's your jam. That's what you want to do. So what do, what can people expect? Like you teach at, for those who don't know, Body and Pole, which is like a world famous pole studio in New York City. Woo -woo. <laughs> what, can, uh, what can people expect when they take a Roz class? Sure. So whether it's at Body and Pole or I'm actually also at two other places because God forbid I sit down for five minutes. <laughs> so I teach at Incredipole, which is an amazing studio in Brooklyn. And I do personal training out of Brooklyn Fit Lab. Um, so I'm literally on a train all the time going to see a client or going to teach a class. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you, anybody, whether I'm working with a person one-on-one -on -one, or if it's me looking out to a crowd of 45, 50 people, um, expect terrible singing because I have a Beyonce complex, which 
I feel like a lot of the country does at this point, but I, I mean, you can't tell me, okay, that I'm not that mystery fourth member of Destiny's Child. Well, I guess <laughs> it's like the eighth member at this point. I don't know. But either way, okay, I am the grandchild of Destiny. And so, anyway, side note, hey, Beyonce. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> She yeah, definitely like, listens to this podcast. Oh, you damn right she does. <laughs> okay, she told me yesterday. <laughs> so um, a lot of Beyonce, a lot of singing. Um, also, a good 90s R&B jam. I'm talking about the singles that you haven't heard for like 15 years because they're irrelevant. And they may not have been that good to start with. But but we may have had like the single tape to it that we got at Sam Goody. That, oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, oh man, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So you can expect a lot of that. Um, I'm also gonna kick your ass up and down everywhere, but at least I'll do it with a sarcastic smile and some twerking. So I like to think it balances itself out. So you keep it fun. You work hard. You like work hard, play hard. Oh yeah, and you know what? You have to work. You have to keep the play just as hard as the work. Because if you think about pole dancing, it just, it's, it's insane. Like, what are we doing? We are voluntarily running head first into an inanimate metal object <laughs> multiple times a week. And is all over. Bruises, we're sore, we're injured. We're not going to have any shoulders in like 20 years. <laughs> and what do we do? We say, when's the next class? Mm -hmm. Sign me up. And we just keep doing it. So, you know, I have to put up a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors so people don't realize the reality of what they're putting their bodies through. <laughs> and that way they just, they keep coming back. And I mean, I guess joke's on me because, hello, eight and a half years in the game and I'm still running my head straight into the pole. It's addicting. It's an addiction. You're doing something right. Oh, goodness. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then in addition to your classes, you have um, workshops and seminars, right? Yes, sir. So I I don't do a ton of traveling, but maybe a couple times a year, um, I will bounce to some different studios and I will do workshops. Um, one of my favorite workshops to do is coaching plus size dancers. And, you know, me being plus size, I'm, I'm about I'm 5'5 five, five and probably about 228. Hopefully we haven't broken the 230 mark, but it's been a long winter. But <laughs> I'm probably around there. And uh, what I've seen is that there's so much love and there's support and people want to have a diverse pole dancing student body. But the but the reality of their of people's teaching skills and abilities and just the the environment don't always welcome that. And I don't think it's done maliciously. I think it's genuinely just because so much of what we're taught and so much of what fitness has been about is about being, at least if you're a woman, 5'8", 135 pounds, if that. And you can run really fast and you can do everything, basically. And I couldn't be more of the opposite of that. So what I want to try and do is bridge the gap between people's good intentions and good practices. And so it's a workshop that is it's ever evolving, well, which is pretty much like my career. And, and everything uh, in a poll. 
Oh gosh, yes. You know, so every time I do it, I learn something new. I teach things a little bit differently. I pick up things from people all across the all across the globe. And so that's that's something that's very important to me. And um I also love helping people perform and find their confidence. Mm. Um, because being a part of this industry for the last jillion years, it feels like sometimes, um, I have seen one or two poll shows <laughs> and I've been bored at one or two poll shows. <laughs> and so I'm also on a crusade to make sure that anybody who uh, comes to my class does not leave another generic poll uh, performance. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, so I do all the scary stuff like eye contact, and we talk about building relationships with you in the poll, and then with you, the poll, and the audience, and musicality, and basically, I'm an obnoxious extrovert, and so <laughs> I think of all the ways, like, how can I put people on the spot right now? <laughs> and they hate and love me for it, but I guess they keep coming back, so... I guess it's really more love than hate, but I I think of the scariest things I can think of and then I make everyone do it. You know what? That's the hardest part. Sometimes you think it's the throwing yourself on the metal pole, but really it's for a lot of us who don't come from backgrounds. Like you don't even think, oh, like musicality. What is it? I just like the song. I'm going to do it. But you're right. Like there's way too many boring performances out there. So amen to you, sister, for like bringing that other element, the performance element into a workshop, into a form where people can learn because that's not something that they teach in classes. It's not really part of the class structure. So, yeah. And you know, what's, you know, what's wild is sometimes not terribly recently, but when I first started doing this workshop, it was really, really hard to get people to sign up Hmm. because people, what I found is they are terrified of performing more people than not. They are, they will be in class for years they will, and I understand that not everyone wants to perform and that's totally fine with me, but there are so many people that want to, but just felt that they were unworthy. They're not a real pole dancer yet. Like oh, once I do this trick, then I'll be like a real dancer. But right now I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a real dancer. Like she's a real dancer, you know? So I try and dispel some of that. What makes a real pole dancer myth and to help people see the beauty in themselves and with everybody who's dancing around them as well. So you teach the, the performance workshops, which is kind of a natural transition is that then you have to start a competition for people to then perform <laughs> in. I'm, I'm seeing behind the wall here, Roz, you have this yeah. all figured out. <laughs> it is part of my master plan. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, a couple of years ago, I started dangerous curves um, I believe it was actually the summer of 2012, if I'm recalling correctly. And I started Dangerous Curves because I had been fortunate to have been invited around the country to perform in different places. But I always found myself to be the only one who looked like me on stage. And although I had the most incredible support around me, and I still do to this day, you know, sometimes it's just exhausting being a minority all the damn time. So I started Dangerous Curves, which is, to my knowledge, it's the only plus-size pole dancing competition that exists. And I'm kind of surprised that it's still the only one. Um, Maybe but people I'll, are scared to compete with you. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I started doing that, and what I thought would just be kind of like 
a cool, fun idea. Like, oh, maybe this will be like a thing. You know, now it's like a thing. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. Um, and I actually just recently passed the baton on to uh, Tasha. And Tasha is a, she's the current Dangerous Curves champion who is based in Denver, Colorado. And she is taking over the throne. Oh. And people, when I announced that I wasn't going to be doing it anymore, and I was like, I gave everything. Like, she has the brand. Whatever she wants oh, to wow. do with it, go for it. You know, people thought I was crazy. And they were, like, so sad. They're like, but Roz, that was your thing. And, you know, I was thinking a few nights ago, number one, it was my bill. Number two, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I, like you know, putting on these events, it's fun, but morals and, and a high ethical sense of greatness does not pay for student loans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you regret. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yes. But, um, but even besides that, I, I think, man, this is amazing that I started something that somebody else now wants to take and, and are totally from part of the country and they want to grow it. And, you know, Tasha is already so hyped about it and so amazing. So I, I know I don't have to worry for a second, a split second <laughs> that, you know, that this is not in good hands. And I know, you know, the legacy is going to continue and, you know, as long as I just get credit for being uh, the grand diva. Ah, so you're still <laughs> okay. going to participate. Yeah, I'm definitely still going to be a part of DC. Um, however, Tasha, you know, whatever she needs help in, I'm happy to wipe the floors and <laughs> set up chairs if that's what she needs and fold programs. Um, maybe be a judge. Maybe, you know, I'll help pick out submission videos, whatever it is, you know, I've, I'm leaving that up to her. Um, but I'll definitely be out there in Denver on October 1st. And so for people, can you tell us about it? Like how do people apply and what are the reg, like, what are the guidelines if someone wants to, do they just have to, um, self-identify or their, um, sure. Or? Yeah. So what I wanted, my vision, which is still going to be continuing with Dangerous Curves, is that it is with all self-identified pole dancers, gender be damned. So men, women, or whatever you identify as, you are absolutely welcome. And this competition is not based on skill level. So meaning somebody who is able to do 18 fonjis in a row isn't necessarily going to fare better than somebody who they can do maybe a backspin and that's the fanciest trick that they have. You know, it's about the execution of what you can do. You know, it's about the character that you bring to the stage. And for so many of the people that are part of DC that have been a part of DC, it's their first time competing or performing out of their studio. So they're usually just so excited that someone thinks they're cool enough to bring them on a stage just as they are. And when they're backstage, they're seeing other people that look like them, that train just as hard. And the funny thing is when you bring a whole bunch of minorities together, suddenly that thing that made us different to everyone else kind of evaporates and we're just people again. And, you know, besides being on stage and not feeling like you're the only one who looks like you, there's 
it's the little things that matter, like going backstage and not feeling like you have to get changed, you know, in separate quarters than anybody else. Because again, you don't want to expose yourself in the way that other people more slender than you, you feel like they're allowed to expose themselves. You know, there's, there's at least a level of comfort that comes when you bring a whole bunch of minorities together, whatever your minority hood happens to be, you know, in this case, it's size. When you put all those people together, suddenly the thing that makes you different from everybody else is a common bond. And it is, a positive aspect. And I also am excited that DC is full of people who are living a healthy lifestyle, working towards a healthy lifestyle, and that they're setting an example that it, even if you are overweight or you have a non-traditional athletic body type, you can still make positive contributions to the athletic community. Uh, wow. And that's an annual event. Yes. Yep. Annual event. October is going to be the fifth official Dangerous Curves competition. Oh, wow. Um, yes. We've had five competitions, four of them in New York. And we've also had three other smaller shows and uh, like a showcase, oh. if you will. And one showcase, the next big one coming up is actually going to be a pole con in June. We've been invited to go down there once again. So uh, with this with this showcase, I've invited some of my favorite plus size polars in the industry. You know, people that have supported not just Dangerous Curves, but have supported me since day one. And that have just giving me shout outs on their blogs or, you know, they've highlighted the contributions of other plus sizers. And I think that's really important too, that it goes to showcase people that it's beyond talent, like just straight pole talent, but there's, there's so much that goes into, um, you know, building a tribe and supporting each other. So we have some awesome people that are coming up. I can't wait for you guys to see them in June. I know we had Jillian from Pole Geek on. We just had Jillian from Pole Geek on and she told us about that she was going to be performing. So absolutely. We got, we've got Jada Hudson from Curvy Girls Pole, uh, which is, she is amazing. We've got uh, Zach Van Gava, which is the, uh, also known as Twinkle Toes, and he is the unofficial male mascot, male president <laughs> of Dangerous Curse. Um, we've got a bunch of other people too that we're bringing. So it's um, and I also need everyone. Side note: I need everyone out there listening to cross their fingers, light a few candles, say one or two <laughs> prayers in the name of Felix Kane and all the other Australian pole dancers that I can straighten out my iron X before I get to stage. <laughs> All I want in my whole life. I, oh. I was trying to go for it last year too. It didn't quite work out. Close? I, I'm close. So I have, I've been handspringing for a while. Thank goodness. So I've got a good handspring, but this, you know, this iron X Ugh. right now, mine looks like a crooked Y. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and that's further than most people will ever get. So I, I know, you know, and I, I lose complete perspective mm-hmm. when I think like, you know, cause I am, I am the worst 
person to myself, the absolute worst. So I forget that I'm still spending 228 pounds in the air. Um, and all I can think about, of course, is I've got to turn my chest and my pelvis yeah. and then somehow hold that thing <laughs> at least enough for someone to get a picture and then I can come down. And, and you better fine. be making a good face during that picture. It's... Oh, let me, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm at the place with this where I will stop the music. I will stop the crowd. I will break character. I don't care. I will do this and I will try this on stage until I can't. That's how much this thing means to me. I was trying to do it last year on stage and I didn't quite get it, but that's okay. I came pretty close. And, you know, I've anybody who's been watching me on Instagram for their last, you know, two years has literally seen me since, you know, fall of 2014 just keep trying and trying over and over and over. So this has been a very, very long time coming. Oh, you'll get it. I know you will. You're a wrestler. You got to get it. So, oh gosh. I used <laughs> to just like, come on, just hold me up a little bit. <laughs> well, that's higher than my aspiration. So I give you a ton of credit and I will light some candles for you. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to go back really quickly to something that you mentioned before. You lost jobs for pole dancing? Yes. So, you know, this is the thing that everyone, this is like the big, like, some of all fears, yeah. right? That you lose your job because of what you post on social media. Yes. Um, and that is 100% what happened. Whoa, <laughs> get out. And, you know, it's happened, like I said, it's happened a few times, um, you know, with full-time jobs. Before I was doing fitness full-time, I was a career coach and I worked with black and Latino college students and helped them with career prep and internships and interviews and the whole shebang bang. And so some people, um, pretty much thought I was a whore because I mean, they didn't say those words, but I mean, whatever you'd like to interchange that with, you know, whatever is the new way to think that pole dancers are dirty and we're porn stars and it doesn't matter today. So I was, I was essentially given a thinly veiled choice and basically take everything down offline or, and I had decided before I had to make this decision with anybody else, I had decided long ago that if somebody had asked me to choose between pole dancing and my job at the time, I was going to choose pole dancing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that's what happened. So I made, I was able to make like quick decisions that I'd already, already thought about, mm-hmm. you know, it, it might, they probably came off as crazy. And like, what are you doing? Think about this, you know, before you just say, Nope, I'm still going to be me do whatever you want. But I had, you know, like I said, I'd had that conversation with myself a long time before I ever had to actually make that judgment call. And, you know, that judgment call when I made it multiple times, um, it led to uh, a a long unemployment stint um, for about a year and a half without a full-time job. It was a whole lot of tears. It was a lot of, I don't know how on earth I'm going to pay my rent. It was unemployment. It was food stamps. It was every temp job imaginable. But even with all that, 
I, it was the best decision I could have made. And I don't regret an absolute second of it. And I would make it again to this day. Wow. Because you felt like you did, you did you, you didn't change yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it is a shame, you know, it is a shame because it's still not that we have time to explore this in a million podcasts. (laughs) So as an American woman, you can either be a hoe bag or you could be a grandmom. (laughs) <laughs> and there's no librarian. Like there's those are your two options because God forbid that strippers and the like have intelligence <laughs> and well, certainly a well classy respected lady. She doesn't have any sort of sex. Appeal. Her morals are so high that, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. so um, I just, I, I didn't feel like choosing anymore. I didn't feel like covering up like which route you could be Rosa Diva or you going to be Rosa Michelle News. And I like both. And I, I just, I don't care. anymore. <laughs> like that's also the thing is after the first time where you're like, whatever, boo, you know, the second and third times you're like, can we just get this over with? All right. Goodbye next. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, it's such a deep discussion to not go into at the moment, but it's interesting to see what people who really were faced with that decision, what, which direction they chose. So, yeah, I mean, and I can't blame anybody who would have taken the other choice because I mean, I lost all financial stability and I'm too stubborn to ask for help from anybody, especially my family. So it was literally me hustling to a level I didn't know was humanly possible to hustle towards, but I did it. I don't know how still to this day. I don't know. Well, I do credit cards, you know, (laughs) and it was a lot, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of just like weather the storm, just weather the storm. And I think I always have to give credit to my family for being the most ridiculously awesome set of people, particularly my parents and my mom and Grammy, because, you know, if my daughter, uh, a private school grad of 16 years, <laughs> say, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and take this business degree and twerk over there. <laughs> I would hope that I am as liberal as they are, at least to my face, <laughs> but I, can't, I, I don't even know. So, you know, had they had those four people started to look down on me the way some other people did, this would have been a different story, but they didn't. I was like, listen, Grammy cosigns, no one else matters. <laughs> like I still got my apple pies. I still get invited to Christmas. So literally there is nothing. I don't care what job it is. There is nothing anybody can say when they say that I am inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you surround yourself by people who support you. Yes. And I am so fortunate that I have more people than I can even handle that have supported me. And especially during those times where I'm, I'm on my couch, like doing all kinds of financial Houdini tricks, trying to figure <laughs> out what credit card I'm going to use to pay for rent this time. Um, I really don't feel like it was me and my strength that got me through it. I think it was the strength of everybody else who was like, just keep going. And they wouldn't let me stop. And, you know, it was their energy that got me through stuff, you know, and I had so many friends, especially poll friends that they would, you know, of course, after class, we'd have to go out to eat, 
And, you know, when I would kind of politely decline or say like, oh, no, cool, I'm thanks. They're like, so what cocktail are you going to get to go with what dinner that we're buying for you? And they fed me, I can't even tell you how many meals that I got. You know, I wasn't like starving on my couch, by the way. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want this to be like I was a UNICEF kid, like save the diva. <laughs> like, no. This is, <laughs> oh, poor baby. You can't have a cocktail, Manhattan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was, but that time, it, it definitely stands out to me though, because I mean, my friends without me ever having to ask, because they know I'm too prideful for it. They just swooped in and just took care of me in ways that are, unfathomable and so for my friends and family thank you yeah and that's the thing it's like you said before you're not trying to you know be the mouthpiece of some movement but it is just how you live your life the decisions you made that do project that and you are in as a result building this tribe where you're going to have more and more support moving forward so you can do bigger and better things so I'm you know I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm glad you made that decision because now I got riles on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And, you know, now I can, I, one of the reasons why stuff started to lurk out online, because early in my poll days, I didn't put anything online. I made very, like, I alluded to what I was doing, but there were no videos. I was using, you know, uh, Roz Michelle my middle name instead of maze and you know, you know, those tricks everyone tries to do to like avoid having their supervisor find them. You know, I, I was doing that, but as I grew more prideful of what I was doing and once I started getting more involved in poll outside of just class, you know, other people started writing about me and they started, you know, just some small, but amazing bloggers and other people. And so I couldn't, I couldn't control if they use my name, yeah. you know, because that, that just makes sense to use my damn name. And so, I, I mean, that's, that's also just what happened when I would see things, you know, I was constantly Googling myself to see like, okay, if they Google me here, what would they find? If they use my full name, if they use my middle, like trying to figure out all kinds of combinations yes. of how, how thick is my costume? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm excited because I don't care anymore. So you, I, I'm not really giving people an option that you can like a certain part of me, but not the other one, or I want to be friends with this, but can you tone it down when you go on this show or I'm not toning mm-hmm. anything down for anyone. And you've decided that poll is going to be your career along with fitness. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of the jump. That's the jump that you made that allowed you to kind of drop the veil and say, "This is me." Pretty much, yes. I mean, that's that's one of the positives that came out of sort of being outed, because once once like you're you've realized your greatest fear, it's like, well, what's left? Like, who cares? <laughs> that's well, true. Just jump into this, <laughs> and so that's that's pretty much what happened. And then after that, I was like, well, take it or leave it. I mean, you know, there was, um, there were other times where there was another time where I got, I actually got fired from a job before I even started working there. I consider this one of my greatest accomplishments. (laughs) Let's hear it. You know, it was, um, I was going to be a front desk receptionist at a school and I met with the, uh, the, 
principal and I had a great interview. They hired me, signed the paperwork, everything. And it was actually on a Friday and I was going to start on Monday. Well, Friday afternoon, I was taking a class of body and pole, ironically. Uh-huh. And I came out of class, saw a voicemail and an email saying, so because you teach pole dancing, we can't have you. We're taking back our job offer. That's unbelievable. And, yeah. What so year was I, this? Just to. Um, t- probably 2013. Oh, wow. 2012 so... or 2013. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that was, that was pretty special. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I will always say I defend the right of an organization and a business to protect itself. That is what it's supposed to do. That is what the managers, owners, HR, that's their job is to eliminate threats to that business, that organization's success. What I have a problem with is that people view me as a threat. As you should be. Like, dude, ISIS is a threat. Like, I'm... Uh, really, uh, you really. should be offended by that 100%. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, that's what we talk about this on the podcast all the time, but we feel like it's our responsibility to pe- keep putting poll out there. So it becomes something that people are more familiar with and understand more and can then base better decisions off of and know that it's yeah. not really grounds of uh, firing someone from a, you know, from their job over yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, as a lot of our industry is, or, well, not enough, but uh, in the super bleeding liberal category of things <laughs> at this point. So, I I mean, there's, there'd be very few things that I could say, you know what, maybe this isn't, like, an appropriate place or a time or something, like, you should pick one or the other. But, I mean, at this point, no. Like I, like I said, I mean, I'm not giving people a choice anymore of let me make myself, let me, let me make myself more palatable so you can be comfortable. That's not how this works anymore. Preach. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we take that in. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So on that note, let's jump on into the standard closing questions that we have that I sure. ask everyone on the podcast. So uh, question number one is who is Roz the Pole Diva's pole crush? My pole crush, you know what? This is going to sound crazy. My pole crush is going to be a dry towel and some dry hands. Because God knows I sweat like a linebacker in July all the time. So, yes, videos are cute. And people doing fun new things, but damn it, without a towel, it's a wrap. <laughs> okay, so you crush on 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 towels. Yeah. What's your favorite pole grip? Um, dry hands. Okay, I'm a I'm a dry hands girl. Um, I pretty much only put it on before I perform, but for class, I don't I don't use it anymore. Oh, really? I hope to get to that point one day. <laughs> oh yeah, you will. I like bathing it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? Um, One, I need people to stop hating on strippers and sex workers. Sit down. It's where we came from. Next. Um, I would would also like 
I would like for one of us, all of us to figure out how to make money doing what we love. Because right now we are an industry, it's like a highly organized hobby. And when I speak with different industry owner or excuse me, studio owners and people of brands and this and that, um, no matter how big you think a brand is, no matter how successful, how much money you assume someone's bringing in, we are all broke. We are all living off pennies. We have the same $20 that we pass around. And I mean, we're making it work, but there are too many of us, me included, but there's too many of us that will work for 70, 80 hours a week to not even break even in what we're doing. And so we need, I don't know what the solution is. I have Damn sure I haven't figured it out, but I want to. Um, we need an influx of money. We need sponsorships and travel. We need sponsorships and lodging. We need, you know, we've got clothing down. That's fine. No one's going to run around naked, really. But <laughs> we, or I should say more naked because we already do. Yeah, but um, that's, that's what I would like to help solve is how do we thrive instead of just above drown. Uh, I've had Anne-Marie Davies and Tanya Kay both on the podcast recently and have had the same exact response in that we need yep. to like adding value. How do we get our business minds into pull? And it's something that me as an amateur, and I know a lot of people listening, we don't even really have to think about because, you know, it is still our amateur hobby, but you're right. We have to figure out how to pay respect to the people who are teaching us to the, the people who are putting themselves out there that had that say, I'm going to leave this job because I'm going to pursue this pool full time instead of trying to hide it in the background. So yeah. Um, yeah, this would be something great to have a full show on or I, yes, the, the finance, something, the finances, the financial poll like this, that's also why on social media, you know, besides like, here's the latest trick that I'm working on is here is my business plan. Here are the spreadsheets. Here are my taxes here. Here's my actual cost. Like I grossed about $34,000 in 2015. And, you know, I do stuff outside of poll too. And that's, that's actually better than what I thought, but I'm 31. I have a business degree. I work ridiculously crazy hard sometimes and you know, I'm not just in pole, but I am like I 34. I should be doubling that mm -hmm. at this point. And that should be a minimum double. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not doing this to like blame other people. Like the man's keeping me down, <laughs> you know, cause it's, but it's, it's for me, like I'm trying to figure out, how to get to that point that I should be at. And at least to the point, you know, before I was doing teaching poll, my highest salary was about 50 grand a year. And, you know, that, and that, that was good for me. And, you know, but that was at this point, like seven years ago and I should not be, I should be closer to six, maybe not six figures, but certainly 65, 70 a year is what I'm shooting for for 2016. Um, how to get there is 
that ever elusive magic question. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So honestly, with oh, sure. us, because we, you know, people don't know, and I agree. And something Tanya had said last a uh, couple weeks ago was that she, um, she's a dancer um, in all different areas, and she said, mm-hmm. as a specialty dancer, there is an expected pay for all for being a specialty dancer except she finds with pole dance for some reason people don't want to pay pole dancers as much as they're paying other specialty dancers and again it's just um her suggestion was to um hold value for yourself stop working for free things like this so the discussion yeah. could go on and on and I won't oh gosh I, yes. I won't labor it but um something for us to think about and maybe something that we can you know have a broader discussion about in the future yeah I I absolutely think that we need to have, this is what we need to have. I mean, the Olympics, yes. And kids and pole, yes. And sexy versus sporty, whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> that does not hold a candle to all of us having insurance, a retirement account, an emergency spending fund. That's the first thing we need to talk about. Yeah. That was... Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No problem. I'll keep you posted if I, if I hear of any forums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a business degree. so. <laughs> but I think there's an answer. And I think the more people like you start voicing it, the discussion's going to happen. So, um, yeah. And then, so you mentioned some things coming up. You have at PolCon, you're performing um, – in the um, D- Dangerous Curves All-Stars, correct? Yeah. Okay. What else do you have coming up that you want to share with the audience? Sure. Um, actually, on Saturday, I'm going to be going back to my Massachusetts pole fam, my New England pole fam, uh, North Shore Pole Fitness out in Lawrence, Massachusetts. And I'm going there to do some workshops. And they have hosted me. I want to say at least six times now at this point, something where we're just like old friends. Like I just show up, like, here's my room. Here's they're going to start charging me rent at one point. (laughs) Um, this this podcast won't be up by then, but that's all right. I want, they still get love. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, if you have, if people go to their studio owner, you will travel to do workshops. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. If you uh, go stalk me on my website, rosthediva.com, I have my workshop descriptions with more along the way. I break down exactly, you know, what I what technically, what, what skills people need, what to expect. Um, I also have my entire teaching schedule up there, and that is updated on a daily basis. Okay. Um, thank you, Google. So <laughs> I have every class that I teach. I've got my my press kit, resume, credentials. Everything is available. I mean, at this point, I literally have nothing to hide. All of America knows my weight, they know my age, and they know my income. Yeah. <laughs> so what else? What else is there? <laughs> Don't put your social security number on this podcast. Yeah, no. You're going to get me in trouble, but. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Talk about somebody, keeping it real. <laughs> if somebody wants to take it and just raise our credit score, you can go ahead and do that. I'm okay with it. Like, good luck if you try and steal my credit. <laughs> You're going to get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, um, all right. So, yeah, go check out Roz's website for all upcoming uh, classes, workshops, performances, and um, if you are in PolCon is 
June? Uh, the first weekend of June. First so weekend June of June. In, yes, in Texas. Yep. So Polcon, you can you can look that up online as well. And we'll put it and we'll put all this in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to wrap it up, Roz, can you leave us with some type of empowering message or story or quote? Sure. Um, one thing that I have learned is that a performance is a series of well-placed mistakes. You can take that one to the bank. <laughs> and performance, whether it's in the context of pole dancing, your own career, relationships, what, whatever you'd like to put that in, performing is a series of well-placed mistakes. And you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> It's pretty much my career is a series of well-placed mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes it real. It makes it for people to connect. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That was awesome. Thank you for closing off with that. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Let me run my mouth forever. I enjoyed every second of it. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Sure, of course. Much love. See ya. Bye, guys. Woo! Look, they're cheering from the future again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.